life has a way of throwing things at us that can bring some hurt, that can lead to some unhealthy core beliefs and even some practices or habits that get us stuck. And ultimately, it affects all relationships around us. What does that look like in a recovery process? And what is the cycle that gets us stuck and ultimately that gets us unstuck? Today, we're going to talk about that. Welcome to Celebrate Recovery Official, a Celebrate Recovery podcast that shares life change stories, courage, hope, and even leadership wisdom centered around the Beatitudes and the Celebrate Recovery principles where Jesus helps us to face our hurts, our hang-ups, our habits, and even broken relationships so that we can walk in healing and freedom the way Christ intended. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney, and I'm the Global Field Director with Celebrate Recovery. So good to be with you here again today. Uh, As always, we love you joining us wherever you're listening and and, uh, however you're listening. We're grateful that you joined us. But uh, today, I'm excited about today's topic. It's It's a topic that that uh, me and, and today's guests have talked about a lot. Uh, Andy Petrie, a landing director of, of Celebrate Recovery. Andy, thanks for being with us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, y'all, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus. I struggle with anxiety and depression, sexual addiction and grief. And my name's Andy. Hey, Andy. Yeah. So we've talked about uh, this. You and I have had lots of conversations, probably have spoken it out loud many, many, many times because it's a very clear way of understanding how things kind of progress in an unhealthy way and how we can ultimately uh, lead to growth and change in a healthy way. Right. But that cycle. um, And so what, where does that, that kind of that starting point happen in our recoveries? We're trying to identify this hurt habit, hang up uh, cycle. What's that look like? How's that start out? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. I was sitting with a group of guys just this morning and, you know, they for various reasons, we're meeting together and, uh, you know, I told them, I'm like, guys, you know, what's going on in your life? It, it makes sense. There's a reason why if I knew your life from birth until the moment you were sitting in front of me, yeah, everything would make sense. And, you know, oftentimes what happens in our life, we find ourselves in this stuck place because of the result of everything that we've walked through. Mm. And one of the unfortunate results of living in a broken, sinful world, which, by the way, if you've got a pulse, that's what you're living in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that we experience events within this life yeah. that... Uh, cause pain that cause hurt. Uh, Uh, And you can't escape those events, right? I mean, we live in a broken world. And so if you have a pulse and, and hopefully you do, that means (laughs) (laughs) you're listening and you're, you have that pulse. That means you're human and, and there's things that happen. And sometimes, you know, we talk about a lot that hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. So sometimes we're thrown into this cycle because of other people's hurt or unaddressed hurt. Right. But but those events do lead to to hurt, right? Yeah. And and a lot of times what we're talking about is is we try to avoid that hurt at all costs. Yeah. And what's the effect of that? Yeah, the effect of avoiding the yeah. hurts within our life. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
to that to that point of hurt like there's a lot of places where that hurt comes from whether yeah. other people natural events like a pandemic or different things in our yeah, life for, for sure uh and, or even just things that we've done and you know as we as we have endure those hurts uh in our life they can start to teach us a little bit of a narrative about ourselves and i know for me in my life as i encountered different hurts from uh just I mean, just growing up, being a kid in school and having people bully me and just say unkind things to me and make fun of me in ways that I was insecure. And like, you know, there, there's these faulty core beliefs, these hangups that started to develop, that started to say things like, hey, Andy, maybe you really aren't acceptable. Yeah. So so staying with that hurt for just a minute, because I think I think one of the things just understanding how we how we find ourselves in in these really unhealthy places right and we'll yeah. get we'll get to those in a second but just the 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 result the enemy kind of whispers in our ear that man you need to stay away from that if you face that hurt mm. it's yeah. going to get worse right and just how just at all costs and we talk about that in the powerless lesson just kind of those escape tendencies or i call them numbing agents right and we talk about that in a minute but the it's scary to face the hurt in our life, isn't it? Yeah, it is, man. Well, I mean, I know because it it hurts. Yeah. And so if I if I ex- yeah if I experience pain, why would I want to go back there? Yeah. Uh, and and I I think for me, like since pain is so uncomfortable, and uh, me growing up that like allowing myself to to feel what's going on isn't safe then why would I want to sit in that? Because, yeah. I mean, if I go back to the place that that hurt me, like, what good is that going to do? At least that was the script that was going in my yeah. mind. And in, in the denial lesson, you know, we talk about the that L acrostic, right? It actually lengthens the pain. And what, yeah. a, what a realization when, you know, reality is just what it is. But, but pain is what happens when we bump into reality. When we have that reality check that, that my avoidance of pain is actually lengthening the pain. Mm. I'm trying to avoid feeling something that, that I have to face or it's going to, I'm going to become a slave to it. That, that second Peter two nineteen, a man becomes a slave to whatever has mastered him. And part of that running away from pain is we're allowing it to master us. Aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, you know, we we say here often that you know folks won't won't change in, until we uh, uh, until our pain outweighs our fear of change. Yeah. And so oftentimes we we don't want to address our pain until our pain is so crippling yeah. that it keeps us from from doing anything in there. And you know I I think I told this story before. What's incredible about the way that our 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 mind and our heart and our body is is like we're we're naturally good at masking pain. I went into a chiropractor years ago, uh, because I had some, some pain going on, uh, in, in my hip. But when I, when I got the x-rays back, like my back was jacked up, my (laughs) neck was jacked up. My hips were so far out of alignment that the chiropractor was surprised I could even walk. Wow. And I'm like, how did this happen? And, And I learned that our body is just naturally we try to avoid the pain points yeah. and operate outside of the way that God designed us so that we can get through it. Yeah. And I'd lived that doing that emotionally my entire life. Yeah. Uh, 
But that just because I can't feel the pain doesn't mean the pain's not there. Right. And it doesn't mean that it's getting better. Right. And pain is, nobody likes it, but understanding when I run from pain, it lengthens the pain. That's such an important point. If you're in the middle of pain, knowing running from it will make it worse, even though it may temporarily feel like it's gone. It's there. We can't ignore it. So please hear that loud and clear. But I think it's understanding that I've got to face, I've got to face that pain. And pain is an indicator. It tells us something. If you broke your leg and you continue to run on your broken leg, you're going to do more damage. Yeah. And I think for me, and we'll get into this in just a second, um, when I'm when I'm not facing my hurt, I'm actually beginning to bleed on other people that didn't cut me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm hurting other people as a result of me running for my hurt, which is actually lengthening the, my, my pain personally, but it's rippling into other people as well. Yeah. And it's causing more pain in my life too. Yeah. Right? So, so it's just a vicious cycle and how to lie from the enemy, just avoid it at all costs and everything will get better. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a bad car salesman. Uh, not telling us about some really high cost, expensive closing costs that yeah. are costing me my life. It's costing the life of those precious around me and, and things happen people around me. But so so in the hurt, Andy, and you kind of started this and I want you to pick up there that yeah. those core beliefs and, and and we like to talk about the hang ups in that angle. Right. Yeah. It's how we see ourselves, God and others as we're running from the hurt and we've experienced these events, we begin to get stuck and hung up in some nasty uh, processes of how we think. What, what does that look like? What does that look like for you? Yeah, man. Uh, and, you know, and I think this contributes to why we want to avoid the pain. But as pain happens in our life, uh, you know, we naturally try to make sense out of the events that happen in our life. Mm. And uh, sometimes our best guesses at making sense of those things, uh, don't necessarily lead us to the ultimate objective truth of it. Mm. You know, I think about growing up, uh, I loved my grandfather, loved him dearly, but he had his own cycles with alcohol. And I can remember there was times where he would promise, Hey, Saturday morning, we're going to go squirrel hunting and, uh, I'll be at, be at the house at seven and I'd be up at six 45, seven rolls around seven 30 and he's not there. No one. Yeah. And the, the thing that I could, would take away from that, uh, would be, man, I guess just, I guess people just doesn't want to spend time with me. Yeah. I'm not important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not important. Yeah. And so we, we try to make sense out of that. And, and as we have more hurts that bump up in, in the same vein, it reinforces that. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't hear just from those events that I wasn't worth being around. But I also, as I uh, tried to enter into dating relationships in Mm. high school and was rejected by girls like that reinforced that lie is, you know, as I tried to tackle different things and failed at them, that reinforced different lies in there. And so as I'm trying to make sense of the pain in my life, it's leading me to assume some things about myself and about my situations mm. and about other people and even about God. Yeah. It gets that, distorted. Yeah. Yeah. So we're running from our hurt. We're running from that pain. The enemies convince us it'll get better if we do that. And it never does. 
we we're holding on to these core beliefs. You know, I'm unlovable. I'm stupid. I'm not enough. I'm not important. You know, people don't value me. Whatever those lies are, which they are lies. If you're believing that, just know that those are lies. That's not who you are. Yeah. But when we believe that, as we run from our hurt, that we find ourselves doing some things, as we like to say, that are actually confirming the very thing that we believe about ourselves, right? Yeah. And so we call that habits and celebrate recovery, hurts, hangups, and now we move into the habits. How does that play out? What are some of those habits that they can pop up in that place as we run from that? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I always like to think of uh, help reframe habits and and that's a really good thing. I had a lot of unhealthy habits, but I I also think of them as defenses and protections and numbing agents. Yeah. And see if I'm if I'm dealing with a lot of hurt in my life that I'm not allowing myself to to feel, but it's still there. It's going to come out sideways in another way. And because of all of those hurts and those events, I'm believing the I have these shame messages coming through. I have these these ideas that nobody's going to nobody really loves me and cares about me, that my situations will never change, that maybe God doesn't even see me or care about me. There's there's times where I just I just don't want to feel that, and so I'm going to go hunting for something that is going to make me feel better. Yeah. And for me, that landed me in a 13 year addiction to pornography. Yeah. And yeah. like I I just found myself in that place. But then there was other things that I picked up on. Man, I can use this to try and fight against some of those lies. Let me pick up this performance driven mentality that says, Andy, yeah. what you do is what you're worth. Yeah. And then we don't think about it. I mean, some when we think habits, we do think pornography, drugs, alcohol, sex, those kind of things. But there are those perfectionism, people pleasing, uh, control. Um, all those things become some unhealthy defenses and and some protections that that get us stuck. And ultimately make things worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's that. That's the result of, you know, running from the hurt, staying in this negative core belief system that now I'm in this space of trying to trying to confirm without even realizing it. Um, and we talked about this before, but it's like if the emptiness, we focus on the emptiness, like just stop being empty. And when mm. we try to do that apart from Christ, we find ourselves going to all these numbing agents to try to satisfy the emptiness apart from Christ. And it never fulfills it. It seems like it. If I'm running a marathon and I'm thirsty and I chug a Coca-Cola, <laughs> it's like, well, it's liquid, so it must be quenching my thirst. But but it's it's not really what my body needs after running. I need water. Yeah, I need to to replenish or I'm going to get dehydrated. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing is like most of the time when we walk in to celebrate recovery, it's because we've been living in a cycle of these habits and we see those things are going on. Yeah. But what I didn't realize is that those habits were wrecking havoc in my life yeah. and causing me more pain. I didn't realize that there was something deeper that I was trying to get out of those habits. And one of the reasons why the habits never worked and caused so much pain is because they never actually filled me in the ways that I was longing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately finishing that cycle, running from the hurt, getting stuck and hung up in these negative core beliefs of how we see God, ourselves, and others 
leads to some unhealthy defenses and protections and habits ultimately affects the others around us. And usually the closest people to us are affected the most. Yeah. And especially like I think about this and, you know, I heard somebody say once there's, there's no such thing as, uh, a, a private sin. Mm. Uh, any, any of my brokenness is going to affect the way that I interact with others. And I think for me, I, I never grasped, you know, with my sexual addiction, it was, it was a pornography addiction. I, and in my mind, it was like, oh, this is just me. That I'm the only person this is hurting. Right. But I didn't realize the way that it was setting up my expectations, the way that it would impact my relationships, the way that I would use it to treat other people in my life, and the way that that just caused more pain. Yeah. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. And so many people, including ourselves, get stuck in that. Um, but the good news is there's hope that we don't have to stay stuck in that. So I want to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to turn the corner on just kind of talking about what it looks like when we face that hurt and what that ripple effect in a positive way can, can look like. So talking with Andy Petrie, landing director of CR, we'll continue the conversation right after this. Stick with us. So you've established a healthy foundation at your ministry through the seven keys and you're ready to build on that foundation through advanced training. We have some great resources in person and online. You can go to crconferences.com. Invest in yourself and your team. Come see us at one of these trainings, and it will make you better. It'll make your ministry better. crconferences.com. We hope to see you soon. Welcome back. Talking with Andy Petrie, the landing director of Celebrate Recovery. And we're talking about just that vicious cycle. And Andy, right before we went to break, we were talking about it can feel a little bit depressing. Uh, kind of <laughs> the when we the result of the events in our life, when we have hurts, we develop these negative core beliefs and we get hung up in this space of how we see ourselves, God and others in unhealthy ways, which we find ourselves in these defenses and protections and uh, habits and uh, numbing agents that ultimately break down our relationships. But what, what's that, that beginning uh, step toward changing and breaking that cycle? What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things, one of the things that helps us to start break that cycle is just that moment of acceptance yeah. of realizing, man, these, these events, it's, it's just the result of a broken world, but I don't have to ignore the hurt. You know, I think of Jesus's invitation for us in Matthew chapter 11, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden and Mm. burdened, and I'll give you rest. I think of what it says in Isaiah, you know, uh, come, let's settle this matter. You know, though your sins are like scarlet, I can make you white as wool. You see, God gives us an invitation to bring the baggage that we have in our life to him. Yeah. Uh, That we don't do it alone, but that we can actually acknowledge the wounds that are in our life because he's with us. We were talking about that acceptance and just that idea we were sharing. We were talking about that earlier to to just share that for our listeners, that acceptance. What is acceptance? Yeah. 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 We were here. uh, A friend of ours said, you know, acceptance eases the pain. Yeah. And that acceptance, it's uh, learning to, uh, you know, to accept and acknowledge that certain things are a part of my story. Yeah. And allowing myself to come to grips with that. Yeah. And 
with my choices. Not that my story is my identity, but right. it is a part of my story. Yeah. Own your story, but don't make it your identity. And, and it's hard. What the, the temptation, the belief system is if I, if I go to this hurt, I'm going to get stuck in that and, and never be able to get out of that pit. And that's why it's so important in principle one, when we're talking about, you know, realizing our life is unmanageable but then the second part is I'm powerless. God, I need you to come meet me in this. I need to invite this beautiful community in. And man, when we start kind of leaning into that hurt and putting it into words, which Celebrate Recovery helps us do that, yeah, there's healing in that revealing in there. Yeah. Well, in, in learning that, you know, I, there was a, a part of me that thought if I, if I acknowledged my hurt, it's just going to be too overwhelming and it's going to kill me. Yeah. But I was under the assumption that I had to do that on my own. Yeah. And, you know, it's hopeless. Yeah, it's hopeless. (laughs) But what I love about principle two, and I think it's the whole reason why we can look at our hurts. Principle two of Celebrate Recovery, it says, earnestly believe that God exists. Yeah. That I matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover. Yeah. See, God already knows our story. Yeah. He already knows the hurts that we're carrying. Yeah. And he just invites us in his love and goodness tell me what you're carrying. Yeah. And, uh, and then finding a community of people that weren't going to judge me or try to fix me yeah, or shame me yeah, that I could actually bring those hurts out. With. Yeah. And we were talking about this too, just that how we, some of the things that we're dealing with are from other people hurting us and, yeah. and how we can get stuck in just pointing fingers. And, and for years we've talked about that, accuse others, excuse ourselves. Though what happened to you may not be your fault, it is your responsibility. Yeah. I have to face this hurt. I've got to put it into words. And um, as we were discussing earlier, you know, we, we, you know, when we blame in the present, we're actually setting ourselves for a lifetime, set ourselves up for a lifetime of not making myself accountable. Yeah. And so I have to acknowledge that, lean into that, honor those pain, the pain that comes forward, put it into words, share it with God and others. And that's so important. Yeah. So as the hurt, we kind of organize the hurt. And, yeah. and hey, one, one yeah. thought on that, you know, as you were sharing there, that idea of being hurt by others, you know, I think there's a one thing that I see a lot from folks is reluctance mm-hmm. to acknowledge the hurt because it, it it's not my fault. Like they hurt me. And right. But you know, the thing that came into my mind is like, if somebody shot me in the arm, Mm -hmm. like I, I have to acknowledge that I've been shot. Right. And I have to acknowledge that wound and deal with it. Otherwise I'm going to bleed out. Right. Right. So in that we face the hurt and celebrate recovery helps us to, to identify the hurts, put it into words and safety with other people and the small group guidelines help to keep that safe. Then we start kind of poking at kind of the damage and the effect of, of how we begin to see ourselves as a result of those events. And the moral inventory helps us to kind of organize that. But how does, how does God help us in um, acknowledging and addressing those negative core beliefs in the hang up phase of this recovery process? Yeah. I mean, it's, for me, it was learning the nature and character of God. And even though I grew up in church, I knew that, but allowing my heart to actually accept that. Yeah. And in in 
really just learning who Jesus says I actually am. Yeah. My life and my pain have told me that I am lovable or I am unlovable. Yeah. But God calls me his, his child that I've been adopted by him and I'm dearly loved by him. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the recovery process and those small group guidelines. We, we talk about using I and me statements and that can feel like this feels legalistic but really we're training our minds, we're training our hearts how to take ownership and responsibility, not just of the things maybe I have been hurt and as a result I have hurt other people. I need to own the hurt that happened to me. I need to take responsibility for what I've done as a result with that. But but just understanding that the I am me is not just the negative, it's the positive. I begin to receive these truths of Jesus loves me, Jesus has a plan for my life. Jesus, um, Jesus is going to help me on this road recovery. And maybe for the first time you begin receiving those truths and those core beliefs that have kept us stuck begin to break down. Don't they? Yeah. 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 So moving us forward then. So we begin through the process. We're identifying those negative core beliefs. Then we're kind of leaning into those habits and not to shame. I think sometimes the church, I'm talking about the church as a whole, can get this backwards. And I'm a part of that church where we try to manage a behavior mm-hmm. without addressing the hurt and the core beliefs. And we've, we're successful. We white knuckle and just behave for a while, but we've not dealt with the roots and it pops back up again and again and again. How does Celebrate Recovery help us to address those those habits, those defenses, protections, numbing agents that we were talking about? Yeah, what I love is is Celebrate Recovery. Uh, you know, when we just when we just take a behavior management approach, just like you said, we can get into that process of white knuckling it and and just trying to power through it. But what I love about Celebrate Recovery is as we deal with the hurts and as we understand the hangups and the lies that has led us to that place, it, it changes our heart and our motivation. It helps us to find healing, which frees us up to actually realize, man, I don't have to keep doing what I've been doing. Right. And it's not just that I have freedom from all of these things. When I stepped into celebrate recovery, I wanted freedom from my messed up behaviors. Right. But I was realizing that there's also a freedom for something, something so much better. Yeah. And and CR teaches us what it looks like to step into a better way of living. Yeah. And that's so good to, I mean, even thinking about sometimes the enemy will whisp, whisper to us that, you know, get your act together, you know, dig, you know, stop this, this habit, you know, and then you'll be a part of the family. Mm. And Jesus is, is the whole gospel message is no come as you are. And, and as you get close to me, I will change your choices. I will re, re, rewire everything and give you new new things to 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 go to as you come to me and try new healthy practices, right? Yeah, my self-effort will never change me. In fact, my self-effort did nothing but keep me stuck. Yeah. But when I started learning what it looked like to lean on Jesus, yep. and rather than an independent strength, I learned how to develop a dependent strength on Christ. Yeah. That's what started changing me. Yeah. That's so good. And finishing that cycle out. I mean, that, that begins as God uh, rewires us, that begins to affect the others in our life that previously we had damaged and hurt is now it's, is putting a positive impact ripple effect on 
people closest to us, right? Yeah. Well, and also as those hangups get, uh, get healed in there, it, it frees me up to interact with people in a, in a new way under new assumptions. Yeah. And so maybe some of those hangups were that I can't trust people. People will always let me down. Well, as I find healing from that and as I learn how to embrace a healthy habit of being honest with people and letting people into my stuff, that naturally teaches me that I can actually have safe and healthy relationships. Yeah. And as I learn to deal with my stuff and make amends for what I've done and learn to deal with the resentment forgiveness. and forgiveness, yeah. it, it helps me have safe boundaries with people yeah. and healthy relationships that are actually fulfilling. Yeah. I love that. So, so just kind of recap. And so in the old ugly cycle, we have events, we have hurt, we run from the hurt, we develop these negative core beliefs about how we see ourselves, God and others, and even our circumstances. And then we find ourselves in these unhealthy habits and defenses and protections and numbing agents that always bleed over on other people. But in Celebrate Recovery, as we acknowledge the hurt, lean into the hurt, honor it, organize it, share it, I begin to identify those negative core beliefs and replace them with new healthy truths that ultimately leads to new healthy practices. And we begin to live out God's plan for our life. And we begin to learn what walking in healthy relationships really is. What a beautiful picture and how celibate recovery does that for us. So Andy, somebody just a word of encouragement for someone listening that's struggling and they're stuck in that cycle of running from the hurt and negative core beliefs and, and some nasty habits that are bleeding over on people closest to them. What do you say to them to bring uh, some encouragement and oxygen to their soul? Yeah. Well, probably the biggest thing for me that I would share with them is, man, God didn't design us to carry those things on our own. And he doesn't expect us to carry those things on our own. Yeah. Jesus, and we mentioned it before, but in Matthew 11, he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then he paints a picture of an invitation that we can walk with him. Yeah. And he's going to teach us how to walk this life. And so, uh, man, you, you don't have to stay stuck in that. God sees you. He knows you. He loves you right where you're at. Mm. But his love is so great for you that he doesn't want to leave you where you're at. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, we you don't have to figure it out. Just come to him. Yeah, he'll he'll give you every ounce of uh, what you need, every tool to be able to process that hurt, hang up, and habit and broken relationship. Hey, Andy, thanks for uh, just kind of unpacking this. I love that conversation because it's a very clear. Uh, I love the pictures. For me, I need pictures, uh, but it hopefully our listeners uh, were take away, Hey, uh, that makes sense to me. And, and how will that change me today? What do I do with that? But appreciate your wisdom, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being on today. Well, as always, we we're so grateful for you listeners uh, being with us today and, and we hope that you'll join us next time. But I just want to say to Andy's words of encouragement, if you are struggling, you, you weren't designed to face this on your own. Don't run from the hurt. It feels like it'll make it better. It'll actually make it worse. In fact, it will lengthen the pain. So realize that life's a mess. You're, there is a God and you're not it. And all you all you got to do is get in the door of Celebrate Recovery. If you'd like to join us on this road we call recovery, just go to CelebrateRecovery.com forward slash groups and you can find a group near you and join us on this road. 
Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless you.